Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? It's bitter cold here, Dennis. I'm surviving through the biting cold. Man, you know, the, those people, poor people live up in the Arctic area. Um, I have so much sympathy for them. Occasionally, I get that the Arctic winds come down here to Indiana and uh, cut through like knives and glass. Um, I had that when I walked out of work today. And I and while I was like suffering to get the things, I was I, I sometimes have that empathetic empathetic ability to say like, man, I can't imagine the other people. You know, I, I saw hmm. like a TikTok video of a guy who's a researcher in in the Antarctic. And, you know, he is a joke thing like, oh, I'm going to go out for the day to the beach type stuff. And he walks outside his little door and he takes a beach towel and shakes it. And before it lands on the ground, it's a solid rock salad because it was like a little wet. <laughs> um, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, of course, he's – it TikTok's more, no more than like 15 seconds long because he can't survive, obviously. But, like, right. he walks out without a shirt on. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's going to die. And they say that afterwards. You know, it's like, hey, you know, you – can't be out here for more than 20 seconds, something like that. Then your skin starts dying immediately. I'm like, God, that's just, you know, we, we don't know. I mean, I know cold and I, I couldn't stand anymore, but some of those other places are insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. I don't know if I've talked about the weather here. I'm, I checked the map again because there's a town, uh, called Cottonwood. That's about, it's over 11,000 population. It's not, big but for where i am kind of in the middle of the like foothills of arizona I'm like why is there so much traffic in this little bitty town i'm somewhere between and it's off the interstate so i don't know i don't know what the deal is but uh interstate i want to say 14 or maybe 17 connects phoenix and flagstaff in arizona yeah, yeah. and i'm not at the halfway point. I'm closer to Flagstaff than to Phoenix, but probably at like the two thirds point if you're going from Phoenix to Flagstaff. Um, so it it doesn't ever get properly warm, or at least it hasn't. I've been here a week, uh, a little over a week. Um, it gets into the high sixties. Um, inside the camper, it'll be in the seventies and I'll have to open the windows and stuff for a while, but not to the same degree that I did when I was down in Yuma, where I even had to run the air conditioner a couple days because it was, um, it was never warm outside, like the air out. Well, there was one day, I think it got into the seventies, but for the most part, if I got, if I went outside, the air was cool, but because there was no shade and there's not really shade here either, though there are more trees, um, the sun just beat down on the camper all day and it would get into the high seventies, even the low eighties down there. Um, but here the elevation is about 3000 feet, um, where in Yuma it was almost sea level. Mm -hmm. So, um, even though I didn't go very far, it's like three hours drive. Um, the elevation change was such that it gets well into like the twenties. And even there was a morning where my, thermostat thing said the teens and so i'm learning how to because in in the past when i've camped uh in sub degree like nights um i would either unhook my water at night or just everything would freeze and i would just deal with oh it. yeah totally your your freezing thing yeah yeah i got a um 
I got a heated hose. I think I've talked about this. It plugs yeah, in at the power right. box and it's and it's heated and then it's got pipe insulation at the ends. So you put that over the the fittings. Um and that works, but what I didn't realize was that I'm also supposed to what they call drip the faucet. Yeah. I did that when I was um, a kid at kid at houses. We had to have it like it got freezing and we have to yeah, drip it out. Like like as long as the water is still moving, it won't freeze and it'll stay warm. But if it's if it's still, the pipes in the ground will freeze. So yeah. I had to hook up my um my drain my dump hose my drain hose and leave the the gray tank side of it open that's a sort of the gross part about rving is you have two tanks two uh wastewater tanks um one for the toilet and one for everything else and they're called black and gray because the gray water is the (laughs) gray water is is just the sinks and the shower right so it's soapy maybe there's a little food if i rinse dishes in the in the kitchen sink whatever and the other one is just the toilet so i have to leave that open so that i don't fill it and i don't know i'm probably not going to fill my gray tank dripping water overnight but i keep it open anyway so it just goes out into the the septic system for the campground and then before i go to bed i open my uh my faucet at the in the bathroom and just leave it dripping overnight um so that so that the the hose in the pipe doesn't freeze yeah that's rough uh, it's a it's a weird weird thing but i'm here until friday and then i'm going back down to another park uh west of here and um leaving my camper there while i drive back uh with just excuse me just the jeep me and the dog for christmas and then for the rest of January, I'm going back up to Vegas for Pat's thing. So hopefully it's not too cold there. I don't know. It's the desert, but I never know with the desert and the elevation and and all that. But um, right. there are a couple parks. I'm going to go back into California before I head east in the spring. I'm going to try to be back in Indiana before um, the eclipse which I think is oh, the big eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. April, maybe March. It's kind of crazy. It's in April and we got notice. This is a weird thing to talk on the, on the air here, but we got a, uh, we got a notice at my work, which is Indiana university. They, mm. um, about how the school will probably be closing that day. Mm. It's like that's weirdest thing ever, but something about everybody coming into town to see it. And we're expecting a huge influence flux because we're in this perfect area to watch it so like i didn't even realize it right in the epicenter i i forgot about it because when i was making these plans at first my first plan was to go back east for next um spring summer i was like oh well there's you know the eclipse whatever and then i found out about pat's birthday thing and i was like well maybe i'll just drive back for christmas and stay out west and i'll go back up into california and washington next summer Um, because there's a lot of that that I didn't see Oregon and I mean I stayed in Oregon for a week but or maybe two weeks I don't remember Um, and then somebody mom or somebody mentioned the eclipse again because they are um, they have a big property down south of Bloomington and they're hosting like 20 or so families of full-time RVers who want a place to 
come see it. And I was like, oh, yeah, the eclipse thing. I'm like, well, maybe maybe there, there's somewhere else that I can that I can get close to the, you know, I have a I have a better ability to get close to the path of it than a lot of people do. And I looked it up and it comes like when it comes across the United States, it's in Texas, right? Like oh, Dallas yeah. is the farthest uh, west that it'll pass. And I'm like. I don't want to be in Texas in April. It's going to be like 80 degrees. And so I was like, well, I guess after Pat's birthday, I'm going to head back east. <laughs> um, but I am going to, there's a there's a park or two in Palm Springs. I've never been to Palm Springs, so I'm going to check that out. Um, and we'll have, to, we'll have to see. I know you mentioned San Diego. I don't know if you'll be up for another trip west right after uh pat's birthday thing i definitely like san diego never go wrong there i can say that much there there's a park it's not in san diego like the one in vegas but it's you know i don't know probably an hour or so east outside of the city right um like most most rv parks are but yeah that'd be anyway that's that's where i am it's nice during the day it sometimes gets warm enough to just have a t-shirt in the middle of the day and then it freezes at night so after after this stay and after christmas i'm gonna go back south back down to yuma and maybe um after pat's thing go into go over to palm springs and stuff for a while before i um head head east there's a big gap between here and um the texas parks which are um the closest one is around san antonio so if you don't know the the geography that's basically um i'm somewhere in the middle like north northern central arizona yeah and so to get from here to the closest texas park in my um membership is like 13 or 14 hour drive okay um basically half of texas um all of new mexico and half of arizona Okay, and of course, and of course, Texas is massive, right? Yes. Like, yeah, I don't, Ridiculous. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've, I've told this anecdote on the air, but I joked one time about the drive from Fox's place in in Maryland to Bloomington, and you could drive from Bloomington to um, uh, uh, Maryland where Fox lives, and that amount of driving that like by hours. Um, you could drive the same east to west or west to east and still be in Texas the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe uh, that. That's, that's how, so, how wide, if you exclude the, the top, the panhandle or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they say, uh, Texas is big for a reason. For, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, that's our, that's our catch up on our, our cold weather, uh, world. Both of us tend to hate and, you you have the capability to escape every winter. Um, I I prefer. I mean, I I don't love extreme cold either. Like I don't, uh, you know, I don't like driving in snow. I don't carry a like a winter coat with me. I do have some like substantial, uh, you know, neoprene or whatever jackets if it gets if it gets cold. But I don't have boots or gloves or anything uh, like that with me. But I I can handle cold or cool 
weather better than than the heat. Ah. Well, that that anyway. that talk we've got uh, one. What? Well, this this show will air on on just after Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it might might it might be posted on Christmas. Um, so we've got. We get to talk today. The, our last Christmas Christmassy show that we watch for the year. Let's uh, let's talk about our Saving Christmas Spirit movie. What do you think about that? All right, let's. Do it. Man, December just flew by. Yeah, so okay. So fast. I mean, this... technically, we're only about halfway through it, but yes, it goes quick. Yeah, we're yeah a little over that. that, and that's true. The month the holiday is not at the end of the month, but about a week before. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, this week we watched Saving Christmas Spirit from 2022. Made in 22, I feel like it came out this year. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I feel it's like br- I just feel like it did. It's brand new from either this year or last year's um, wave of these holiday rom coms that. This one's AMC, but of course Hallmark is the most famous for them. They make a ton of them. Netflix, Netflix a- makes AMC them AMC is American Movie Classics. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which used to be a thing, kind of like how TLC used to be educational, the learning channel. Um, yeah. And now it's all reality shows. Like right. like Like MTV used to have music. Um, <laughs> it used to have music, yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so this is the story of an archaeologist who goes to Scotland to try and find, um, what, a, a shrine or a um, some Pictish ruins? Some, yeah, um, some archaeolo- archaeological things. Archaeological on finds from somewhere in the, in the early, the early second is it second millennia no not it's further back than that like in the 500 700 middle ages yeah. right so well before um vikings or any yeah. any of that like and, and and i don't think that's yeah. terribly relevant to this story but no yes. it's not <laughs> i mean if, if you're if you're worried about that much you, you've already lost the the film as, that's as true it is, right? that's true um yeah, this is, as we say sometimes, I don't have a lot to say here. This is formulaic, this kind of show. So I try to, I, I, when we watch these, I always try to look at it in that vein, in that mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, how do, how do I like it compared to those? Because, you know, some of these are just fun, and I, and I do enjoy them, and I watch them a couple times because they're, they're cute and funny, or uh, there's little quirky things within them that are kind of fun. You know, so that being said, with that, Taking it out how it is, um, that Christmas Prince being one of the, one of probably one of the best ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in the genre. Uh, I look at it like this one, and this one it just didn't have anything for me. Like there was just it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just wasn't there was just nothing. Um, it say we we can say all the things we say about all these like the plot doesn't make sense, the things that they do doesn't make sense. That's that's not neither here nor there with this, right? But there there wasn't. Some of the things often will be that are fun as side characters or the extras or the best friends or something like that that's fun. Um, or or a little like the villainous person who you liked how they get their comeuppance at the end. This one there was – the villain was barely scratching there if there's a villain. The, there oh, was the a villain s- is 
I was like, who's the villain? The guy who's trying to buy his his yeah, distillery? Yeah. yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, is there's that a no, villain kind of, you know? There's no um, uh, mysterious stranger who's really Santa. There's no... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess the female lead has a friend back home, a gay friend, right? The, the typical... Right. That's um, what they usually have. Magic gay friend who is barely there like he's in a couple of i guess he's on some zoom calls where he's supposed to be in the tropics instead of using a background but it's clearly green screen um and yeah he's barely in it her her ex right the other person that's usually in these things like their boyfriend back home or whatever completely non-exists like non-existent she breaks up before the movie starts Right. right, so and they, so they, they, off screen they don't even say anything about it. Yeah, that's not there, and and it's just very like straightforward. There's very little conflict. Like the only conflict is whether she's going to find the thing and whether he's going to get his ridiculously named uh, uh, scotch um, bottled and out to distributors, which is very um, um, like hand waved. I. That, that bothered, that's the only thing that bothered me that was nonsensical about this film that bothered me multiple times throughout mm-hmm. was that was that um they he's trying he's got to save his business and he's got to ship this and he's going to ship this christmas spirit thing on christmas day mm-hmm. like how is he expected to make sell and make christmas themed whiskey not in the christmas season like after christmas is over right like on on christmas eve i i chatted with that father buddy pete <laughs> before this because he he talked about this movie um one of the things he said is that the i forget how he worded this but the, the dialogue is like exposition right the the characters it's not all the time but every once in a while the characters are talking and they're just explaining things about themselves and other characters in a way that people is not how people talk and is just explaining things for the audience in the form of dialogue, um, which is bad writing. But um, he said like the, the thing this movie does well is that um, somebody is the, either the writer or maybe the actors, but probably the writer is showing off how much they know about Scotland and Scottish folklore Right there's a lot of like I, very I see how it they're, they're pronounced things right. about the different people in right. history. Is, is, is she pronouncing it right or wrong? Like when she says Gaelic, or she and she's Gaelic, she calls it Gaelic. Gaelic is is the way the Scots pronounce uh, okay their language. Yeah, I, I was I've always heard it Gaelic, but she like overly pronounces it like intentionally multiple times. Yeah, um, Gaelic is more of a an anglicized or Americanized pronunciation and sometimes refers to um, what they speak in Ireland, which is not the same is also not really called Gaelic, but what sometimes people will call it. Um, And so there's all of that. And then what they clearly know nothing about is making and distributing alcohol. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Nothing at all. Like B story. And then the weird rugby story, which I have no, I, I, don't know anywhere near enough about rugby to say whether that any of that was accurate, but it felt very out of place. 
No, um, none of it was. That, that, I guess that was probably my second thing. If I had to say, like, okay, there's some things you can do and be kind of cheesy about. They're mm-hmm. really, really pushing this very small, skinny girl to play um, <laughs> rugby, which is notoriously a brutal, physical, hefty sport. And I'm like, yeah, like a, I can see all, weird. All I really know th- is that it's a, it's a kind of more raw version of American football. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like with no pads and hot, yeah. rough and tumble. And when they're showing it, and I don't know, maybe it's different in high school in high Scotland. School. I I somehow doubt it, but um, it's there's like no contact, hardly at all, and mm. they're they're playing it with reindeer ears and little. And I'm like, it's the holiday what? Game. Yeah, it's yeah the like how game. can you play a game of rugby in an outfit unless it's absurd, right? Um, right. And in a little bit. They play a couple. They're like reindeer ears fall off, but for the most part, I'm like, this is this is the worst I've ever seen trying to pass anything off. And I'm like, this is clearly for. They must have picked a game that they thought no one alive who watches this sh- is a target demographic would know what, what this game that's is. Fair. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure, but it why just like, why even do that at all? Yeah. If you're in, yeah. So it's, that was it's weird that so much care on. goes into the 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 scottish and the the archaeology stuff and then the uh the liquor the whiskey stuff and the rugby stuff was clearly like maybe somebody googled it maybe (laughs) exactly maybe somebody googled it right it's like yeah it's like this and she wants her brothers who you never see any of her family they're all just on the in the script um they you know she wants there to be a girls team but there's not funding the mean old coach won't let there be a girls team because there's not funding but really he's just a chauvinist yeah Yeah, that was was weird i mean that that's kind of par for the course for these we you know but still of course yeah it it, it still was you know grown worthy a little bit but you can again Mm -hmm. you can kind of try to get over that um but but really the long and short of this this film is that it was just nothing it was milk toast at best mm-hmm. um the at one point I, I i did try to ask about three quarters of the way through i started thinking realizing that that's what kind of my review was going to be um and i thought well okay so let's watch the rest of this and kind of think why, why is it what's going wrong here what isn't what is going wrong here and the first thing i thought was like okay is the the is the acting really really bad and i'm like it's not bad it's not great they're not doing Shakespeare or any kind of big stuff, but they're just yeah, again I mean, very the, middle. The, the guy James Robinson was a child actor. Ashley Newber, who uh, is, is a little bit like young Brooke Shields, but yeah, I, yeah, the, sure, the, the, the poor man's version of that. Yeah, um, yeah, and her acting credits are all TV movies like this. I believe that it felt it. She felt like that, like that she was she had done come out of high school, done some commercials, and now she's doing these TV things. And that's exactly where her acting yeah, level Yeah, a, a lot of, we've talked about this before, um, a lot of the the actors, actresses who make these kind of movies are former, like, child actors or teen actors, like um, Candace Cameron, who was the oldest daughter on Full House, or um, Lacey Chabert, who was uh, in Party of Five, and a couple other movies as a teenager, right? She was in Mean Girls. 
Um, yeah. And now she just does one of these a year and they're fine. Like the, the, um, the, the standards or expectations or whatever were like that. I, all of those words sound more, uh, derogatory than I mean, but <laughs> like it doesn't have, like, you don't need, you don't need Meryl Streep to make one of these movies. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like the, the, you know, it's like, like you said last week, we talked about love actually, which does have a bunch of phenomenal actors, uh, despite everything. Um, you know, it's not that kind of movie kid, right? Like <laughs> yeah, right, you, right, yeah. you don't need, you don't need actual, you know, Oscar winning actors to, to tell a story like this. Right. And, and, and we, you know, you don't, don't expect that coming into to these things. Right. But, but anyway, the, uh, so yeah, I, that, there's not really much to go on further with this. Um, there, there just wasn't anything interesting, nothing, nothing that, and, and because of that, it makes us think of those things that are way bad. Right. So I'm not giving it a negative in this genre. I'm just giving a, there's, I almost would rather watch something a little bit better from a previous season than this one. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste, I wouldn't say waste my time on it, but after you've seen anything mildly interesting, then you're going to get down to this area. Hmm. Right. Um, so, and, and I'm a big Scotland person. So oftentimes they'll like, when on these shows, they'll do a lot of vistas, like they went and filmed on location or something, and it's really pretty and neat, but they didn't really like have a lot of that. a lot of that. I, don't, I mean, just, yeah, I don't know about the film, but, like, in between all the liner shots and stuff were clearly, like, drone photos and, and stuff of Scotland. Yeah, was, and and, they, and yes, it's, yeah. it is Scotland where it is mostly rainy and stuff, especially in the winter, but this was very gray and gloomy sure. throughout the whole time. Wasn't wasn't even like snowy like a lot of places they'll try to do where it's on these shows to show it's Christmassy time. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't have known that really. They they were wearing coats and there was some some Christmas things around, but you wouldn't know it was it was winter time there. So oh, yeah, because yeah. they don't film they they film these in like July or August. Right? Yeah, they right, exactly. So, but it, it didn't even. There was just no way to tell that it was. I don't remember any of the detail now, but there was at least one scene where I was like, "That's that's fake. It's either CGI snow or or props or or whatever." I'm like, "That's not really." And I I guess we didn't talk about the whole ghost, um, <laughs> which which never gets necessarily resolved or also talked doesn't about seem to matter. Yeah, matter. Yeah, like the ghost doesn't do anything for them. Doesn't like make something happen. That's you know, gets the oh, it comes together. The kid to go play in the Christmas Eve rugby match. I don't know. And he destroys the gingerbread house. I, yeah, right. Like, and he carves the log, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't have time to carve the log." But like, what is happening? And, <laughs> oh, there's a couple scenes with the the mom slash grandma slash aunt or whatever she is. Yeah, um, there's there's some of it where it's like I can almost picture the writer or writers. Um, putting down this script and going, okay, that's that's not enough. That's only forty pages. Exactly right. We need, yes, we need twice that much. What if yes. there's a kid living with them who 
I don't know, is he American? He doesn't have an accent, but he right. plays rugby and he's got a crush on the the old lady who runs the inn the trope. Um her niece or granddaughter, whatever she is, like she's from a rugby family, but she can't play because she's a girl. Okay, that'll get us another thirty pages worth of script. All right, we're almost but that's that's still only an yeah. hour. We need a little bit more. What if what if the old lady who runs in, her husband is dead, but he's haunting the inn? And it, you know, okay, we can put a scene here, we can put a scene yeah. there. We can just fit like two pad- more pages here with just this. padding yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, to- totally. That's that's very well said with this. That that totally actually does make sense. They wrote the main plot line with the formula and then it was way short. Man, that makes that that does totally put this whole thing <laughs> uh, correctly. Uh, and I and I bet the rugby thing with the American kid had to have been like somebody's relative. Like that's the only reason I could think why they would have put him in there and why oh, he would be from America. Yeah. And you know why he did, and um, they, most of them don't have an accent anyway. It's you know they they're in, from yeah, Scotland, sure. and it's barely a, a, a Scottish accent. So anyway, um, that's hilarious. With the, I almost forgot about the little the ghost thing. They do a little CGI with just random. No, does nobody see the sparkles going across the screen? What's what's right. happening there? Um, so just, just funny. Um, yeah. Uh, pass on on that one i don't don't even really have a recommendation for because i think people who like these like them for a reason and they would know a good versus bad one um and they wouldn't say this is bad like me i would say those people wouldn't want care to watch this one either yeah the the ones of these that i like are you know they do something unique or like the netflix ones we watched i feel like they're they're winking at the camera they're doing something tongue-in-cheek which is there's a kind of um sarcasm that that most yeah. like the 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 real hallmark ones or a movie like this they don't have but they're they're fully sincere with these um yeah bad or, or the or the actors are are have some charisma to them or something maybe that's worth watching sure. yeah you know the, these there was i can tell you this too there is zero chemistry between the two leads like <laughs> at no point did I think that they were falling for each other. And then no. they're like, and I and have feelings for you now. I'm like, what you do? I I have feel. Yeah. I have feelings for you too. And they just, <laughs> I'm like, I have not seen. It's like you sometimes say at some, at some of these movies, you're like, I don't, you know, the script told me they were in love, but I didn't, I didn't get that. That's how I felt with this. I'm like, okay, sure. I guess they have they've known each other a week Um, exactly and he is ready to leave scotland and get and live with her he doesn't even know anything about where she lives or anything once once he decides to sign that contract and give up his distillery like it's it's he's he's all in yeah yeah clearly and and she has no idea right (laughs) has no idea about about that and then and then uh you know Somehow he can just like find the contract a, a day later and tear it up and it's all fine. You know, right. that he gets, he gets everything back and they can, it, it what turns. was the nonsense about him? Like all of a sudden they discover the hidden, sh- okay. Spoiler, the hidden shrine right on the floor, like two inches deep in the, the pavement oh. or whatever, the driveway outside 
outside his of his distillery. distillery. So so now it's an archaeological site, and he can't they can't build on it, and he's going to tear up the contract. And yeah, it's, it was all <laughs> that was completely nonsense. Yeah, magic. Like I kept looking at the runtime, going, "Okay, we got about twenty minutes left." So <laughs> she, she, you know, somehow this is all going to get magically resolved. They'll find something. She'll stay. Or he'll go and stop her from leaving, and he'll get to he'll get to keep the distillery. She won't have to take the the awful Chicago job, and it's all good. And I'm like, okay, we got about okay fifteen minutes, and, <laughs> you know, somehow. And then it and then it does, of course, because that's what these movies are. I I would not have guessed this this way out though. I would not would have guessed that like it was on just. Two two inches deep in his driveway, they find it so thing. fast. They're, they're digging in that ground. I'm like, that is not winter ground. That, not just that. That like, is summer. I'm soil serious. Right when I there. say two inches, it was. If he would have scraped his foot too much, it would have pulled up all the artifacts he, that she found. He, he puts the shovel in the ground twice. Like it, it takes me longer to dig up a a, a chest thing in Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> exactly exactly and did you notice that he had like four or five shovels sitting the three shovels feet away right from exactly yeah, yeah, where yeah. he was yeah like like they already had shovels ready to dig here at any time mm-hmm. uh just in case and like oh my god that, that was so so bad and then when she <laughs> finds it oh no can we talk just or just mention that she's waving around a ground penetrating radar that's like the size of a cell phone or something that just waving it around and can detect anything underground. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like a metal detector wand from the airport wand that she holds five feet from the ground. It it lets her see what's underground. I I guess so. That's how metal detectors work. Right. uh, Yeah. And nobody, nobody would know any different. Right. I'm like, Oh my God. Who, who are you making this? Who's watching this? (laughs) thinks that's fine not us right (laughs) not us and i'm not going i I know some people will be groaning like it's not that kind of movie but i mean there's just some limits at some point where you got to be like come on you can't walk with a wooden stick and say like oh it's a ground penetrating radar anyway yeah it's the the target audience for this are the people who won't watch um star trek star wars or marvel movies because they're too unrealistic (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fair <laughs> nice oh okay so saving christmas anyway, spirit definitely pass is, is is a pass on imdb it has a 5.7 which uh out, out of 10 are you are you serious of, out of 10 yeah that's uh, i would i would have put it at a 4.5 with these christmas all of these this genre in mind like yeah. i've seen worse that are real bad but yeah, I think we even gave it more airtime than it deserves. Just it's, talking about those things, it, it it got just under five hundred votes, which is not a lot. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. Ninety seven people gave it a ten, and eighty people gave it a six. Yeah, the ninety seven people were all the people on the cast and crew. That's that's what mm-hmm. it was. Um. Okay. Anyway, uh, so it's my time next next week, and we're we're gonna go into the new year. So because this this will air uh, on Christmas, so we'll have a, a week getting ready. The last one show of 2023. Um, I'm picking a new Netflix film that has not been out yet. Uh, it seems to fit in our wheelhouse, but you know how trailers are. You never know. It's called Rebel Moon by Zack Snyder. 
Uh, please don't at me for Zack Snyder hate because he's. A, I think he's a good director, just bad choice for DC superheroes. Sure. Um, so uh, this is getting a lot of hype from a lot of people. Has for several months. It's been on one of those. Um, hey, check out what's being made. This real cool concept and idea um, for the last couple of years, actually. And then when it gets trailer, it stirred up more talk. If, I like if, it. Fox if people looks like want to. If people want to. Uh, defend Zack Snyder to you. What's your Reddit username? <laughs> nope, not. <laughs> um, but no, okay. yeah, I, f- I forgot. I was thinking you picked a Christmas movie, but you you picked this. Uh... I, I picked Rebel Moon, yes, because we are, we are actually going to be when this airs will be our last Christmas Christmas time. Um, and you know, I I know how you and I can can really crave some good sci fi stuff, and this looks you know fun. I it, you know it it you never know. I definitely don't want to say you know, build it up because so well, you off air mentioned um Monarch, right? Like it looked good too. Right. And then right. You, this you never the, know. the trailer for this has big uh Dune meets Star Wars vibes. Yeah. So yeah. uh we'll see. Yeah. So so just that feels like it fits in in our thing and we can at least talk about it. I'm sure everyone will be talking about it. it comes out and, in our time this next Thursday. And this movie is part one. It's a two at least two part film uh, yeah, got to know that going up front, right? Right. Yeah. Part one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned the Dune thing; that was great. Okay, Re- Rebel Moon. If people didn't get that one, um, okay, cool. So, what do we got this week? Um, well, we can talk about Monarch real quick. Um, I know we mentioned before that it's kind of um, not kept up its momentum, and we talked it was kind of slow. That's what we had said on mm-hmm. the show. Uh, we're a couple more episodes in now. Uh, where we're at is, I want to say, episode six. Is that where we're seeing or five? I think we've uh, seen five. There's one more we haven't seen from last Okay, week. five. So if you're following along with this one, we're at episode five, and we'll talk spoilers for Monarch. Uh, I don't think we'll talk too long about this one, honestly, right? I just think I wanted to say, yeah. um, th- talk about episode five a little bit. I know you might have a little bit different opinion than mine. I... I I'm getting less and less interested in this show. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, and I kind of just want, I wish that it was all dumped at once so that I could just burn through it and then be done with it. Um, because it's, it just has that same feeling I had when I was watching a uh, secret invasion on Netflix that like, ugh, all right, there's some things that I'm mildly somewhat interested in what they're going to say about Monarch in general, but all the other stories all the characters, all the actors, everything I I have no real interest in, and they're not getting, and they're just kind of getting worse. Um, they were in San Francisco this last time, and they went, which the ruins part was pretty cool. I like, I like how it ties it into like what would the world be like if there were titans. That's something I kind of right, think. yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, that's I'm, neat that there's this like they talk about G Day and there's the you know ruins of San Francisco. Uh, that's cool. But like when they go in there, it's just kind of, they're skirting police constantly. And like, are police really like patrolling the grounds, the, the miles and miles of stuff and to, to, to defend from looters. Yeah. Like, right? and like, going underground and police are, have like a, the military, like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and then like I said, the three actors that are part of that are the least, the worst probably of the whole cast. Um, and then they, they had, they kind of confront them. They see meet her mom and she just glances over the whole weird situation that 
the dad has two families and there's like, there's some no big deal. conversation about it between her and Kate the yeah. the main girl the main the female main character um yeah. but yeah i mean i don't know i talked about this last week i just i just don't care about any of it i like, just don't care right the the script or the performance or whatever has just not given me enough of a enough of a hook like nothing nothing is that i'm like okay yeah that's we've been moaning about how their dad had two families and two lives but that's all we've seen like we haven't seen anything like it's we haven't seen anything to make that interesting like i don't know either of these characters well enough to sympathize or empathize with them yeah nor nor do I care anything about the dad to see find out if he's alive or not that I care like well so no well, I mean okay. maybe maybe all those flashbacks were supposed to do some of that but they they haven't they, and they they haven't even shown the dad because the dad is technically like the we, girl and guy like in the past their son oh their son yeah so we haven't seen him at all we haven't seen him at all so that's not tied in with him at either right so yeah i have no idea what they're trying to do that that's kind of the big thing that looks total yawn fest for five hours of i don't care and dennis said it just the best with that like it's i don't care so they'll show and what they did show is the thing sometimes it's worth holding on to so you can see cool cgis of titan the titans right but sure the the titan they had in episode three and four was pretty lame did like non-threatening once godzilla once and and i guess probably in some of her flashbacks yeah sure like just towering over something but you know just the 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 worst part is that just having seen godzilla minus one and like giving you every single godzilla thing you could want and then seeing then go and watch episode five of this i'm like oh my god what 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 is the point of watching this this show so um Again, not like it's not shot bad. It's not bad writing. It's not like bad writing. Like they're they're saying terrible lines, um, no. like the room or something. They're they're just it's just there's no reason for it to be, right? They they gave them an, sure. an idea, and then when they wrote the script, no one read it and said, "Oh, that's fascinating." They're just like, "Good, we got a script turned in. Let's start filming next week." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm. I don't think I have this real strong feeling if if you're okay with it that I'm just going to watch I'm going to wait until it's finished and then binge watch the last four and then watch it it I mean best case scenario it's something like the first season of Agents of Shield where it's all this like slow build up and then there's some big reveal where we find out like who all all these people lying and and whatever is some big thing but that's a lot to ask for, you know, to go through a whole first season without the excuses that Shield had. Um, unless yeah. maybe this is tied into movies or something. I don't. I didn't see that Godzilla movie, so I don't know. No, no. I, I guess that Godzilla movie was completely separated. Not even the same world or anything. This one is the same world as the other one, and there is a, a Godzilla X Kong coming out. But I don't think this has any kind of ties to that. Unless, unless they. 
talk about Monarch in the future in those movies, but I don't know. This Monarch, what we see of Monarch in this Monarch, that, that's, that's kind of one of my problems too, is that the show's called Monarch, but all we really see of Monarch is this shadow, maybe CIA kind of type people that are good mm-hmm. slash bad slash not doing anything. What the hell are they even doing? Yeah. Right? Like, what is the purpose of Monarch in this show? Like, we kind of know what they are founded on, but in the past stuff. But in 2015, I just have no care and they're just dumb. Right? And that's your title of your show. <laughs> right. Okay. I complain about Monarch too much. Do you have anything more to say about that show? I I really don't. Myself. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that's terrible. No, we're, we're just done with that one. It's fine. Um, okay. Uh, moving on to another one. How about, um, oh, um, uh, for all mankind, we're, we, we have another one we both, or I at least have to watch, um, but we're close to caught up on that one. Episode five again, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go away if you, um, don't want to be spoiled on some stuff. Cause I got some questions for Dennis. You got two seconds, two, one. All right. Come <laughs> back later. Uh, all right. So we find out what happened to Danny, which was a very unpopular character, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel personally feel glad that they only gave him a quick, not even a full episode, but like flashbacks with one episode and he's done. Is that okay with you that Danny's gone or did you want to learn more about what that or delve deep into that story? No, not really. Yeah. Right. Right. It's just, I, did, you know. I didn't have the same kind of, strong visceral reaction some of you had to his relationship with Karen. Right. Um, but I still didn't really care about him. Yeah. And I think he came out to actor there again, you know, just wasn't very good. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How are you speaking of the young characters? How are you feeling about the, the, the second generation, which would be, um, Alita and Kelly Kelly, and Danny I think it's the only ones that are left. Um, yeah. And, what, what, and how are you feeling about their, what they're doing this season? I mean, kind of like the whole rest of the show. Like I don't, I'm a little more invested than I am with Monarch because I know some of the history of these characters, though there were some seasons of this show that I had on almost in the background. Um, and so they didn't have the same, emotional impact um as some of our friends who watch them so i don't remember like um what was it there was something they resolved that i was like oh this oh uh that's the new episode you haven't seen yet some of the stuff with, <laughs> don't some of the stuff with margo it's like oh i don't remember okay yeah she was with the thing and it's just it's just a lot um a lot of characters and a lot of stories over a, you know, fairly long show that we came to late and then watched several seasons almost right in a row. Yeah, um, yeah really burning through it, yeah. And so I don't, like, I'm still watching it, but there, there are no characters that I really love. Like, this is uh, Ronald Moore, I want to say. Uh, yeah, Ronald Moore, correct, Ronald yeah. Oh, man. Um, who was one of the creators of uh, BSG, Battlestar Galactica. 
Um, and uh, of the reboot, he didn't create Battlestar, correct? Right, right. The, yeah. the 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 reboot BSG, not the original. Um, and BSG was a show. I'm sure there were there were characters in that reboot that I didn't care about, but most of them I did. I either liked them or hated them. Like I had strong feelings about a lot of, and you know, I, I you know, the show came out 20 years ago, so and it was a, a uh, big cast, yeah, and it was a big cast. Um, where for all mankind has gotten to a point where I don't really care about any of them. I think you're, uh, I, I I agree. That's a, that's a perfect statement. Really, even well, even the long runners like uh, Joel Kinman, Ed, who's who's uh, you know still around for some reason. Uh, Kinman, yeah, I'm yeah. probably saying the name wrong. Um, I don't know. He's just like a grumpy old man now, which is not yeah that like that that could be interesting. I'm still not really all that interested in it um i don't really care about it's it's kind of destroying the character like that you had kind of grown to go through a lot of problems with and grow and change and do whatever and now and now you're just going to see like i don't know end it with a him being terrible and you've got this you've got this brand new character who's like the lower decks guy who's sort of the main character of the season but i don't i don't i don't know like He's fine, but he doesn't yeah. really um he's lacking something, some kind of charisma or something. Um I mean he's just it's just kind of a I don't say it's a lame storyline, it's just not it's so long for them to stretch out what they what they're doing. Kind now, of clearly they're gonna yeah. run to like some kind of yeah. union strike revolt thing. I mean that's gonna happen. But, I mean, yeah, that's I th- that's been foreshadowed since like the first or second episode of this season. Yeah, and that that's kind of my comment. They're just taking too long to get to that, and it's like that might be that might be. I mean, um, the the BSG reboot was long enough ago that we were still mostly telling episodic uh, television stories, right? Yeah. And so, even though that series had longer arcs especially later in the series um the individual episodes were still somewhat self-contained yeah um where this is just you know like like everything i forget who said this but somebody posted a a tweet or a meme or something that's like you know i want i want to what did they do it's like somebody they referenced some old tv show where somebody did something crazy in one episode and then in the next episode it was forgotten, right? It's old like network TV. And they were like, I need more shows where I can sit down for half an hour and, and, you know, and just have a good time. Like, and and I'm tired of these 13 hour, uh, you know, series where everything matters. Yeah. Um, and, that's what so much TV is now, and I've talked about that a lot when we talked about um, uh, uh, um, what's the Star Trek show called? Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show is definitely that, but I don't, you know, not as much as Monarch, 
but I just don't care about any of it. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, the, I, I remember as you're saying that stuff, I remember the first couple seasons being like after every, every episode, it, it, it led into me wanting to watch the next, like, Oh, they did something. And, and I really want to find out what happened with that storyline. Not necessarily cliffhangers, but it just got an interesting part where they're they're getting ready to do something and they discover gold out west or some kind of thing. You're like, oh, that, yeah. Now let's find out like, what they do with that. They're and, like, you know, oh, the the Russians got to the moon first. We we've got to get to the. Moon. I feel like there used to be more of that, like actual space exploration kind of stuff that like maybe we're gonna find ice on the moon. Maybe. Well, well it was a drive. It was like they had every episode they had drive to. Yeah, go like and do maybe something. the Russians are going to get to Mars before we do. And this season there is like they're trying to do this thing with the asteroid. And maybe that's what they're building to with the season finale. But every episode in between is just politics or interpersonal drama. That, that's not interesting, right? Right, right. And and they, 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 they have politics, interpersonal drama with the other seasons, Sure, yes, but the, the, it was always surrounded around the main thing of what they're trying to do, and and oftentimes it was the competition that the, that the show pushed, you know, between Russia and America, or or the I can't think of the name. It starts with an H. The other company, the private Helios. sector company, Helios. Yeah, so it was always that kind of going. And I know they're kind of trying to push back into the Cold War idea here, but it's taken them five episodes to finally get back to that point, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's super forced. With like no one up there on Mars is really on board with it, except for like they did one episode with the one guy that got in a fight with the girl in his center home and um, mm-hmm. with that stuff. But but honestly, it's Ed's, just Ed's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like what? 30, 40 years younger than him. It just made no sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and because he gave her weed. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Ed is Ed is super unlikable now. Uh, just all around, it's it's definitely one of those. You you have your you have your heroes, and then you don't want your heroes to be to a point where you're just like, go away. I don't want you anymore. Right? You you just right. way out uh, stayed your welcome, which is too bad that they did that to him. But um, yeah, the, it's it's the main story. You you go through and remember when they were on the moon. It was an episode of them. One whole episode. Of them being bored at the, at, you know, it's the High Bob episode, right? And and they did all of that in one episode, and then the next one is, you know, how are they going to get Danielle home because she broke her arm, you know, because like, she breaks her arm at the end intentionally, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, right, 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 right. And then you're like, okay, there's a that it moved from one story to another story that you're interested in to see what happens next, and then there's the the Russians have a gun in space, right? And you're like, oh my God, there's a gun in space. And that's, what are they going to do there? So you, it was always, I want to watch the next one. I want to watch the next one. This one is Danielle gets mad at Ed again, you know, or <laughs> the the union labor people has lost a thermostat and now he's got to find one, like real riveting, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, there's just, I know we've been bagging on everything today, but there's just no... It's so sad. It's so sad because it, it can be thing, and it makes me feel like the show is overstaying its welcome. Um, and it's kind of even more sad that they have not. This isn't their final series season. I don't know if they're been greenlit for another one, but it doesn't feel like they're wrapping anything up for the series. So we're 
we might have another lame, boring season without any of the interesting cast members and only the lame kids, you know, going forward. So, ugh. Poor, poor end to a good series if that's the way it is. But we're halfway through. Okay, sera, sera. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving from there. I did watch a film this week. Went to a movie theater. Okay. I've been wanting to see Napoleon that's been out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can dig some really good period pieces, you know. Um, Gladiator is one of my top 15 films. And uh, as an example... And um, things that are based in history. I've never really been like educated on what Napoleon did and his history. Um, and sure. this looked like a really great opportunity to do that. It's by Ridley Scott, uh, who directed, um, who created and directed Alien. Not Aliens, but Alien. He uh, has done a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, the, the creator of Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah, that's that's one of our other one things. That should have said something right there. Um, that he's he's lost his touch as he goes on. Um, and it's got um, Joaquin Phoenix as the lead. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, this this has some good potential, and it wasn't getting great reviews. But I also was kind of could chalk that up to that you know maybe it's just not it's deep or it has a lot of complex things with Napoleon. Sure. Um, my review can be that it's not. It's just kind of boring. Um, it's, t- it's two hours and 37 minutes. I did two times in the film struggle with staying awake. Um, <laughs> and it's 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 kind of weird because there's a couple shots where they intentionally show Napoleon nodding off when people are talking to him. Okay. They don't really explain why or what the pr- purpose of that is. But... I thought I get you, Napoleon. I'm just going to fall asleep here too. And I'm struggling not to, um, it was things that happened and they happened and then they move on. Like there's a checklist they ran, ran through. Okay. And, and that's it. And he falls in love with, so I guess that the show should be maybe rena- renamed Napoleon and is his wife, jo- Josephine? Josephine. Is that what, yeah. It should have been called Napoleon and Josephine. I'm not kidding. That actually would have been a much better title for this film because 90% of it is him dealing with Josephine and okay. their relationship. And mm. I don't, nothing else that's happening, his rise to power, which just kind of happens. It just happens. Uh, sure. His strat, great battle strategies, nothing, they showed nothing that was like big and imaginative or like, oh my God, this guy's a great strategist and world-renowned. Ba- none of that. He just, they showed one side, go up against another side, they fought, and Napoleon's team win. That's it. You know, in, in every battle. Or or when he lost, you know, at Waterloo. <clears throat> so, it just wasn't, it just wasn't interesting in any way. Um, mm. And Joaquin looked like he was just phoning it in. He he had no passion, no uniqueness, charisma. Char- no charisma a- at all. So, yeah, it was just not well done, you know. And I felt like I definitely should have spent my money on gone on something that was more interesting. And mm. would not, 
If this was an hour and a half long, maybe two hours, I could be like, okay, I watched it. Um, I did read about Napoleon and what happened beforehand. Like I'd read the history. And if you read about it, it's kind of confusing because he was really active around, I want to say 1875, maybe, or sorry, 1775 to, yeah, 1775-ish, 79 to like 1820, I think, something 1815. And during that time, France was freaking crazy. Like they went through five or six different systems of government. Every other year yeah. there was, they were overthrowing Another the government. Right. Tons of revolution. And maybe there was just one called the French revolution, but after the French revolution, there's the Republic overthrow. Then there's the coup d'etat. Then there's this other thing. It's just every other, every 20 minutes in the show, there's another change of power because the people just overthrow the government. Right. Um, and Napoleon rises to power in the middle of that because eventually whoever sticks around long enough is going to be that way. Uh, Cause everybody else is killed off systematically just at, right. over time. Um, and he seems to have, you know, won some wars. So he ended up there. At least that's what the movie tells me. Um, by, by reading the history, it was just hard to read because that's basically it too. It's that he fought some wars Stayed with whoever happened to be in power, but wasn't he wasn't blamed for anything. And then the next battle happens. He wins, gets a little bit more promoted, gets a little bit more promoted. And then they're like, yeah, you know what? You're kind of like the only guy that's been around. This is like on Wikipedia. You can read it. Like, so why don't you just become king? He's like, sure. And that was the film, too. So I wonder if Napoleon just isn't that interesting. Um, and just in general. I don't know. The only thing I know, because I haven't seen it either. Um, oh, and, I, and Bill and Ted never showed up, which was super disappointing. <laughs> um, the only thing I know about this movie is that um, somebody on TikTok, uh, probably not a historian, but like a student of history, um, pointed out that the the real Josephine was older than Napoleon. Yeah. Um, and so the, one of the like, um, defining or, or dominant, um, characteristics of their relationship, um, is that she was past childbearing, bearing age. Yeah. That's a, that's um, a big thing. Yeah. Which, which, you know, is not, I mean, it is still a a deal now but in that era was the only thing that was the only value women had in yeah they society and culture at that time there was a big point where she they had to get a divorce and that was a big turning point yeah and because she couldn't have kids yeah the the complaint in that in that essay that the video that i saw was that of course they cast a much younger Mm -hmm. beautiful um woman in this role that really just undercuts that whole um element of their of their relationship that that makes a whole lot of sense now that you say it because i didn't know that um she has kids he meets her and she it's right off the bat she has two kids and okay so you're like you know that she can have kids 
and then they can't have kids and they try and it's a big it's a big thing because remember i said if there's a main story here it's napoleon and josephine their relationship right so they focus a lot on that and she can't well, have and if, kids and i you think is she just barren she can't be not barren you know right but right. now i know because she's supposed it, to be older historically she was too old and of course for a man aspiring to be a monarch like that aspiring to be king he needs a partner who can give him heirs right? yeah and and, and, and he was king thing. and when it all became kind of a big blow-up thing is that he's very frustrated um i mean it, yeah it does that would have been a lot easier to swallow had you had i known that she was older um because right. we're not given an explanation as to why she can't have kids because she's already had kids and we do find out those listening it's not napoleon they actually have him sleep with another lady intentionally to see if she can get pregnant and sure. and she does um and so it's her but yeah we didn't we were never told why uh and and it, this may be a spoiler but it's history go look it up um is that Josephine dies off camera in this whole story. It's like I said, 90% about Napoleon and Josephine. He's off away, comes back. And there's like a couple shots of her being sick. He comes back and she's already dead. And you're like, what? Like the most anticlimactic thing to a a show based on their romance. And then she's just gone. And you're like, okay, there's no funeral. There's no big thing. He has a, he gets mad at the, like the nursemaid or something for a second, and then we're moved on to Waterloo. So you're like, uh, okay. Again, that's how this whole show has treated most of the historical things: is that we're gonna a thing happened, she dies, move on to the next thing that happened. Oh yeah, there's Waterloo. Uh, then that happened, and then he goes exiled, and that happened, and there's an end where it says, oh yeah, he lived for so much longer, and that's it. Hmm. You're like, okay fun so yeah i would not recommend napoleon i mean even people who are i I would think that people are history buffs would like it way less even um because they're just like yeah you're not telling stories that's what it sounds like so like the the history people are annoyed that it's you know getting so much stuff wrong and the non-history people are not interested because of whatever else with the actual movie itself yeah, it's it's not not that big. There was a couple of things I could tell in there that were they were they were very intentionally trying to get historically accurate. Like I I don't know the history of it, but you can tell the way they were the reason they'd say a couple things to explain that they were overtly trying to do that so you know that this is historically accurate. Um mm-hmm. for some reason when he's he gets told that she's dead and he he's supposed to be going through this huge terrible grief, the first thing he says is like where's her letters? And the lady's like, I don't have them. He's like, what do you mean you don't have them? I want her letters that I wrote her. And and she's like, somebody took them. The, some stable man or some kind of ra- random person. He's like, all right, well, get him back. She's like, where are they? Where is he? He's like, oh, he sold them to some person uh, who's a cobbled person or whatever. Like, they're trying to tell me what happened to Josephine's letters, right? Mm-hmm. Intentionally. Or his oh, letters okay. to Josephine. To, to so say like, why we like know it- this story historically they oh oh i see i see so the like the script right it's like a almost a fourth wall kind of yeah Yeah, that's exactly and there was several scenes like that that they were doing things that you're like this is odd but 
you recognize that oh they're trying to to be his they're trying to show you that this happened in history yeah it's like when it's like when you're watching something adapted from a book and uh, you know maybe this stuff was in the book but it's like one of the characters tells somebody to um you know you should become a writer and write this down and the person they're talking to is the author like the um little house on the prairie stuff right that's like uh what they call creative nonfiction, right because it correct they're they're stories but they're based on real events so there is somewhere between fiction and nonfiction. correct there is um okay one one of my most um favorite of all time paintings i'm not a huge art person but i did visit um Paris and I visited France once and it was just Mm -hmm. a completely eye-opening trip that I had where I turned from like being disdain for France and then actually really coming to appreciate a lot (laughs) about it like a lot um, did you go to the Louvre I I did go to the Louvre and and did have a great experience with it again not an art guy but just really had some kind of contemplative moments of from from some of the art so I so some of that stuff I mean as much as you know, so much of it is in media and you can look up on the internet and see pictures and stuff. There's something different about standing in front of a real ancient piece of art like that and, and seeing, you know, the brush yeah. strokes. And, and I, I agree. Yeah. And, and being, you know, there's a great sculpture stuff, right? And you're sitting there and like, mm. this thing is a couple thousand years old. And like, that's just... Right you know just kind of incredible but anyway that's a whole nother story for another day uh what i wanted to get here is that how it relates to this is that what became because of that trip i would say my my most favorite um uh, artwork in in of all time is there was there's this artwork called the coronation of napoleon and that's this okay. one i'm talking about for a second um i saw it i went to um versailles and mm-hmm. we were fortunate just because some people dropped out that we happened to have a, a personal um, tour guide who just went with just us, okay. uh, me and my wife at the time, and just showed us everything and spent a lot of time because it was just us answering questions, talking about stuff, having great conversations. And this piece, this artwork is like huge. It's the size of a wall, right? It's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's something like 20 by I don't know, 20 or some kind of big thing, 20 feet by 30 feet. I think something like that. Uh, it's a big thing on the side of the wall and it's just beautiful, right? It's just a beautiful shot. And I saw that the lady had said, pay attention to this, this artwork because this actually has, was painted twice. It's an oil painting on canvas. It's uh, by a, a Jacques, how they say French, Jacques Louis David. David. Okay. Um, and he, he painted this twice. One of them sits in the Louvre and the other one is at Versailles, at least when I was, when I went there and, uh, she said, look at this one here. If you guys go to to the Louvre, which I was the next day. And she said, there's, there's a bunch of handmaidens standing in these pretty dresses in the background. And in the one that's there, one of the the girls is wearing a blue dress and everyone else in the crowd is wearing white, right? Except for this one girl who's blue and the artist like was in love with that handmaiden. 
So when he made this second one, he, or first one, whichever it was, he painted her and he very accurately and gave her a blue dress so that this thing for Kings, this painting made for Kings would, she would be special. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really kind of romantic and gives this thing a, a story and a depth beyond it being just an incredible piece of art. And then I went to the Louvre and saw it and saw that difference. I was like, wow, that's, that's super, super cool. I bring this up because that scene is in this film and it looks exactly like that painting. Like they stage it exactly like the painting. Oh, sure. So when I saw it, I was like, just kind of pulled back, flood back in my memory. Like this is another one of those. They're doing this for historical reasons and they got it like right on. And then they quickly shoot or pan the camera over and they're to show the artist, um, jotting down a sketch of the scene so he can paint it later. I'm like, ah, see, they're doing it again. They're doing historical references on how they know this and putting it into the movie. Sure. So that was so interesting. Sorry for the long story, but I found if there's a reason for artwork, you know, there's sometimes people have reasons. That's the one thing that I would say art moved me and made me feel something unique. Nice. So check out that one. All right. I feel like I've talked way too long. (laughs) <laughs> this one. All right. Tell me, I saw we've got on the list here that you saw Scream 6. Now, we just watched Scream 5 like a year ago, and there's a six one. Tell me yeah, about that it film. Was, Scream 5 was just called Scream. It was a okay. requel. We talked about it at length. And we both um, liked it, right? Yeah. 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 It's, you know, not my genre, but these, these movies are fine. Um, this one continues the theme of being very meta- Right, that they're they yeah. established in the in the fifth movie that somebody made movies inspired by the real events of the early movies. So it's like movies about the stuff that happened in these movies. Um, it's their you know it's the writer's sort of cute, clever way of putting the Scream movies in the Scream movie universe. Except they're right. not called Scream; they're called Stab. Um, and. It was just a lot more of the same. It was set in New York, so it's a little bit of a different. You have a little more like... Not like a small sub- town. Subways and subway crowds and all that stuff. They got Courtney Cox back for, uh, you know, to, to play that character. Um, Nev yeah. Campbell isn't in it, but they did get uh, Hayden... I don't know how to say her last name. The The cheerleader from Heroes, who I guess was in Scream 4, which I never saw. So she was another, like, legacy callback character. Um, yeah, it was good, good for the fans. Fine. They got uh, Dermot Mulrooney to play a character, a, a police character. There was a little bit of, you know, for me, this is not at all how cops act, but it's a <laughs> horror movie. Like, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't expect too much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what else I can really say. What about was there? It that... Was there little like tw- twists that were good or successful? Because I think the Scream series tends to have, at least the, the couple that I've seen, were pretty good with that. A little bit. I mean, I don't. I've said before, I don't watch movies this way. I don't try to figure. I mean, sometimes I I figure stuff out anyway if it's if it's too obvious. But I I'm not the kind of person who is trying to compete with the movie right like right 
I, I, I want to figure it out before the characters do. Um, and so I was a little surprised, but also this is a genre and a franchise that um, is not afraid to just completely abuse like... Um, uh, what how what word do I want to use for this? Um, like the reality of how people's uh, bodies respond to injury, um, right? Yeah. Like somebody can get stabbed, and as long as they're not dead, they can be fine by the next scene, right? Like yeah, they're you know they. Just got, got stabbed, stabbed in the stomach, and, but they're just barely walking, still walking around. Right. The, like, like somebody got stabbed and the the guy in the ghost face mask, like, twisted the knife in their guts, in their stomach. And, you know, like, and in a scene that's a day or two later at most, like, she's fine. She's got a bandage. She's and, got a bandage. Yeah, she's good, right? And it's good. And even in the same scene where, like, somebody gets stabbed and then... You know, two scenes later, they're climbing a ladder or something. And I'm like, um, no, I don't. But again, not that kind of movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can't don't don't think too hard on it, though. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Would you would you recommend it to screen fans or to uh, other horror or scary movie genre fans? Yeah, I mean, just like anything in this franchise, like if you already like the franchise, it's kind of more of the same. If you really like it, you probably have more um, um, thoughtful opinions than mine. Um, and if you're a fan of the of the horror slasher genre, not not so much psychological horror, though. There's a little bit of that. It's mostly just slasher. Um, you'll probably appreciate the way this movie kind of. Or this franchise kind of pokes fun at the genre. Yeah. Um, and if you're a fan of uh, Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera, who are the, the female leads, they're both very attractive. Um, if, if you know, that's a factor <laughs> for you. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, there's always that. So, yeah. Thumbs up then for, for those people, I guess. That sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with those caveats, with those uh, um, conditions, yeah, sure. Cool. Awesome. That's our first thumbs up for the day. We've got all, like, thumbs down. It's that, That's pretty terrible. Right. right. Um, uh, I I could finish with a quick thing I like. I watched, I played uh, Marvel Age of Heroes. It's a uh, X-Men-centered or X-Men-themed work replacement game made by the creator of uh, Lords of Waterdeep. You know that game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it it looked like it was big when I saw the components. Uh, this was given to us by our buddy Fox because he thought we'd enjoy it. He particularly thought I'd enjoy it. Uh, so he gave it back to where he'd bring back for our friends to play. Um, Trotsky and I got to play three rounds of it. We only, there's, we, you know, there's several rounds in this game, but we only got to play three because time ran out. We had, we had to leave and go home. But um, so we watched a 17 minute how to play video. Um, and after getting all the components and going through setup, it, my first thought was like, oh man, this is, this is probably going to be a lot. There's so much going on on this board. You know, this is going to be maybe not so great. And then we, as we started watching the how to play, 
like at every step, it was like we were learning uh, Lords of Waterdeep. And, oh, this is buildings. Oh, this is like the the yellows. Oh, these are quests. Oh, this is the Waterdeep Harbor. Um, so he has taken Lords of Waterdeep ideas and mechanics and put them into the, an X-Men kind of theme, but and added a bunch of twists that made it flavorful for X-Men. Um, and, and I, it ended up being like really good and we really enjoyed it. It, nice. it, it definitely helped that we had played and understood Lords of Waterdeep because they would use names like professor X's, um, psychic vo- uh, vault or some kind of thing. It's not that, but it was some kind of thing like that. And it's a marketplace where you buy cards, right? <laughs> and, and it's like, that's where you buy your cards to play. But right. And they all, all of the cards would reference like Professor X's vault of psychic, you know, like, like uh, it's just all these terms that were hard to harder to, to made it a little bit harder to understand what they are. Um, and, but once we, once we watched the how to play video, we were easily able to identify, oh, this is a resource. There's three resources. There's three areas. Easy. There's, there's a upgrade thing. It's, it's called enhancement I don't know, a, a amplification or something. And it's, and it's, you get an ability. That's all it is, right? You, it's, that's where you get your ability. So sure. once we quickly figured that out and then figured out how we fight villains, which is pretty cool. It was, it was really fun. The characters that you get to pick are very different flavor. They, they're very flavored and give you a play style um, that you don't get in Lords of Waterdeep because you're just like, everyone's the same, but this, you have like, you pick Wolverine and Jubilee or Rogue and Gambit and it, stuff and they have special abilities that makes them unique and gives them abilities to the game which is very thematic and fun uh you have two phases of each round where the first phase is you're doing stuff in the in the the, the x-men school which is basically right. training your heroes you're gathering resources you're getting students and cards and then the second half is going out on missions to fight villains with those resources and so it felt super thematic that way and wasn't complicated at all. Like just as we got to the third round, there was three of us playing. It became this like, Oh, I totally get this. And I see what I want to do. And I can see some, some cool strategies. And then I can start putting what we call buildings in Lords of Waterdeep down to make it even more interesting and more varied. Uh, So we put it away and we're like, yeah, we definitely want to play this again and play it with four or five players and see how it plays because it, it looked super fun and we can now explain it pretty quick. So I, so far, I definitely would give a thumbs up to Marvel Age of Heroes. If if you're an X-Men fan and you like worker placement and you like Lords of Waterdeep, I think this is a, a good one, a good investment in, in a game. So thumbs up nice. for that one. Nice. That, um, that's all I got. I think for, for, for this week, we're... Getting close yeah, to our time I don't here. Haven't, I'm I'm still watching Fargo, um, which I our buddy Aaron enjoying. said that's pretty great. He said he yeah, loves in the our, recent season. In our list of uh, <clears throat> things we've sort of bagged on uh, this week, um, I'm enjoying that. It's a you know it's a series that's not for everybody, um, but the acting, the writing is all really good. I mean, it's John Hamm and. Um, Oh, the guy from News Radio. I forget his name. Um, that's an old 
an old callback and uh Juno Temple from uh from Ted Lasso. Yeah. A, yeah, I I like her. A, yeah. min, a Minnesota accent. I mean, it's it's Fargo. It's their like quote-unquote true story uh uh formula, but it's kind of, you know, there's somebody you're clearly rooting for, but everybody, you know, there's people on different sides and and nobody's really you know, clearly good or or evil there's some sort of there's people who are more bad and and people who are more good but that's kind of you know this this series this franchise is a little bit um gray that way yeah um but it's but it's really well made um well written and uh and all that stuff so i'm enjoying yeah. it cool yeah because our, our buddy aaron just mentioned that that was a good one. i was like oh i, I heard i think dennis was watching that one so mm-hmm. co- cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got. All so right. next week, yep. uh, what, what did you say? This moon, blood moon, Re- no, rebel moon, rebel moon. All right. And, uh, happy, happy holidays to people who are celebrating the holiday coming up so, and celebrating. Holidays. Ha- have a great yeah. thing. We'll, we'll see you right back here before, before the new year happens and, have have a great family time or or just time celebrating the season yep yep all right you've been listening to the front porch this is episode 328 thanks always to our friends at lrm online you can check them out for reviews on things if you want to email us and tell us everything that's great about Zack snyder <laughs> Michael dot Daniels at, <laughs> nice. uh, at gmail.com is that address. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find contact forms to reach out to us and uh, links to things. I'll put a link to that Marvel game you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a favorable review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot in those rankings. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.